Welcome to Quill and Ink, a podcast for book lovers, hosted by Jenna Green and Miranda O. Oh. They will be speaking to authors of many different genres to explore themes around writing and storytelling. Join them for engaging and intellectually stimulating conversation with artists from all corners of the world. Hi and welcome. My name is Miranda O. Oh, I am the author of the Chin Up Tits Out series. Welcome to our show, Quill and Ink. Normally, I have my co-host Jenna Green with me, but she is unable to make it today, so she is here in spirit. And I'm very excited, as I always am, to introduce this week's guest. And now it's Nicole Haldepuy. She is, sorry, Nicole Haldepuy. Did I get that? Perfect. There it is. I even practiced before we went live and I still messed it up. I spelled it phonetically too on my notes, but apparently I can't read and talk at the same time. Anyways, my apologies, Nicole. Uh, now, Nicole is a fellow Canadian, just like Jenna and I. Jenna's from Alberta. I'm from Manitoba. Saskatchewan's right in the middle. Bam! That's where Nicole's from. Now, she has had many pieces of flash fiction and poetry printed, and she's the co-creator and editor of the Untethered magazine. So I'm very excited to hear a little bit about that, and the editor of Grain, and the co-founder of Apple, the Apple Beard Editions, and her first book is Tiny Ruins. So that's where we're really, really going to dive in. But first of all, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. We, we, as in Jenna, my my left arm that's not here today, we're very excited to have you today. Um, so. I really want to dive into all the roles that you have, first of all, like super woman. How do you juggle the responsibilities of editor, writer, this, that, all of it? Um, honestly, it's been kind of a lot. And I actually um, just recently, well, yeah, sort of started trying to st step back a little bit from some of them because I think I was like, you know, kind of on the road to to like burning out um but yeah so I I haven't uh this year I guess with Untethered which has been so much fun to make with my friend uh Stephanie McKechnie in Toronto um uh I decided to sort of be more of a supporting role with Untethered um this year okay. so Steph has been doing that herself and she's putting together an issue now um yeah, and my last day as the editor of Grain was just two days ago. So, wow, are you having withdrawals? <laughs> it's 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 weird. Yeah, I I was telling a friend the other day. I, you know, I usually go on social media and look for things to share, like that are relevant to you know the literary magazine world and like Canadian literature. And I I found something that I wanted to share from Grain, and then I was like, oh wait, <laughs> I guess I'll just share it from my own page. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the transition is a little hard, right, <laughs> to get used to. <laughs> yeah. So, what are one of what's one of the reasons why you're trying to step back? We do talk a lot uh, to people that have all these different rules or sorry roles, and they're just they're they're jumping right in. Is it because you know life balances a little bit off, or is it because you have another project that you're really wanting to focus on? Well, I think part of it is just because I. I feel like I've been really, I like to be busy usually and I've, I've just keep piling things on my plate. I like 
I like doing a lot of things, but I think maybe I just took on too many things. And I, I've been really loving focusing on, on writing and I would like to focus more on, on writing. I'm hoping to start another book. Well, I've, I've sort of started, but not really, you know, <laughs> weird in between <laughs> period. But um, yeah, I'd like to start another, another book and I've been doing some more like visual art type things as well. And I, I oh, think I'd like to focus on that kind of stuff for a while. And, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a whole new role to jump into right to add to the list yeah. <laughs> of skills that you have so um tell us a little bit about the apple beard editions and how this new company kind of came to be um well my partner and i um we both did an mfa in writing at the university of saskatchewan in saskatoon um which is where we met um and we both we're focusing our projects. Well, my project was turned into tiny ruins. Um, and then he did the program a few years later than me. And we both focused on flash fiction and prose poetry. And we both hey. found while working on our projects that there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, anthologies and collections of that sort of form in okay. Canada. Like there's a lot right. of um, American, there's a couple of American flash fiction anthologies, which are great, but we wanted, you know, to, see some more Canadian ones. So we thought we would just make them ourselves. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. And so you two kind of came up and created Apple Beards Edition. So um, tell me, what would I find if I picked up one of these? And, and have, what, what, would I, what, what kind of things would I experience outside of flash fiction, poetry, all these fun stuff? Like, what, is that, what does that format look like? Um. I wish I had a copy with me. Um, well, I don't know. I guess they're they're small books. I guess we 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 decided to go with you know tiny little books because I don't know to suit the tiny form sort of and just quick little like reads um, for short attention spans <laughs> like ours. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, like I don't know. I have well, I have a copy of Tiny Ruins here, and some of the it's very it's similar sort of in the sense that some of the stories can be really small like this like right. that's one story per page so right. the the anthologies look a little bit like that and yeah we have we published quite a few different canadian writers um both emerging and established writers um that's yeah. cool that's cool and how did you find it, I, taking this these established and upcoming writers and and then creating your own book like I, I love doing the podcast because I'm talking to other authors as I'm I'm writing and working on my own book. So I find that it's that it's a creative juices are just flowing and mixing, and I find it very inspiring. What are some of the things that you've learned along the way with Apple Beard Editions and writing your own book? Yeah, I think yeah. It, well, it is really interesting. I think being an editor and working, I mean, reading submissions like we get so many submissions, you know, and it's. It's a lot of work to go through them and sort of decide what we're going to publish and what we're not going to publish. And then once we've decided, you know, we then have to work with the authors to make the pieces, you know, really shine in the book. Um, so, yeah, that's that's been a really interesting process. It is definitely a learning experience. <laughs> It is. It is. And do you find that it was, uh, with every every publication that it gets a little bit easier, or do you find new challenges with with every edition? I think a little bit of both. Definitely, the process gets easier. I feel like I've done it a lot now, especially with grain. I mean, you know, we put together four issues per year, so yeah. it's a very regular thing. 
Um, but there's always new interesting things that come up every now and then. Yeah, yeah. And you're totally right. The process does get easier. Jenna and I have been doing this podcast now for about a year. And I remember the first few episodes, we were just like, oh, flying by the seat of our pants and trying to get it, you know, get that ball on the roll. And then then it was only, you know, once, once a month or twice a month, you know, something like yours, it was four times a year. So was, you, you, by the time the set the you're done, the first, the, the first edition and the second one is coming a few months later, you're like, crap, I forget how I did that three months ago, <laughs> or I forget how I did that three weeks ago. And, you know, it's kind of that repetitive process. Once you do it over and over and over and over and over again, it is a lot quicker. I remember the first few podcasts that I created, it took me or produced, it took me probably two hours on a Saturday morning trying to get this done properly. And then now it's one cup of coffee. It's great. By the time I'm done my <laughs> cup of coffee, everything is exporting and publishing. And I'm like, am I done now? Like, can I go pick up the newspaper? I actually pick up the newspaper and like read the newspaper, but it's, it's so nice to have that process down pat. And I think all of the experience that you've had with grain and the um, brain farting, here you go, the untethered magazine has kind of set you up for apple beard additions to kind of have all of this experience and knowledge and you take it into this new company that you have. Cool. So where does, okay, let's talk about your love for poetry. Like people either love it, they hate it, or they just don't understand it. And then usually the hate comes from don't understand it. So where does your love from poetry come from? Um, I don't know. I feel like I have a sort of a, uh, like a bit of a, I don't know, I guess a complicated relationship with poetry. I don't, I don't really write a whole lot of poetry anymore. I feel like I usually lean towards fiction more these days. Um, okay. But I like sort of, I don't know, I like that you can sort of have fun with poetry and do, you know, you can do so many different things with it. I mean, one of my favorite poems that I wrote is about Cool Ranch Doritos. Um, and it was published in an anthology and I was like, I can't believe someone published this. But like, <laughs> every time I read it at a reading, like it's always, you know, fun and people laugh sometimes. So. Yeah, you can do a lot of things. <laughs> you, you, you're right. You're right. The topics are endless, right? It's not like you can write an entire book on Cool Ranch Doritos, <laughs> but you can definitely write a poem about it and catch some people's attention spans. And that's something that you mentioned a little while ago or earlier was it's this whole Apple Beards edition is to tailor to those of us who have short attention spans. And I'm pretty sure our attention spans are like seven seconds now before we're like, mm, not interested or move on or like what's next. Right. So yeah. you definitely have figured out something like a good little light bulb moment of, you know, trying to catch people's short attention spans. So that's pretty cool. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about flash fiction. So for those who don't know, what is flash fiction? Um, flash fiction is, it's interesting. We, I had a lot of conversations about this during my master's because it is interesting to define. Um, I guess people define it differently, but usually it's like a story that's, you know, usually somewhere less than 750 words or less than a thousand words around there. Okay. Um, and I mean, I guess ideally you would fit an entire story, like, you know, a narrative arc and everything within that small space. Um, not necessarily always, I guess, but 
ideally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And how did you, is okay. So you, you definitely took some schooling if you talked about it with your master's. So talk to us a little bit about how you ended up talking about this in your master's. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> good question. I am, um, well, I did an MFA in writing degree. Um, okay. And yeah, my, my focus was on writing a uh, flash fiction. I was planning on writing a collection of flash fiction, which ended up turning into my first book. Um, cool. Although it was much more sort of vague back then, you know, it was just like a sort of a jumble of these tiny pieces that I wrote <laughs> over the yeah, two year yeah. program. Um, and some were, some were more po like poetry and some were more like fiction. So, you know, turning it into a book took, you know, a lot of editing and making them into stories and making the whole thing sort of work together as one big story. Cool. So that, that kind of links into like your, it, it, I find it really fascinating because it's definitely not something that we do see a lot of, like you said, it's not something that we see a lot of in Canada. You see it a lot in the States, but it's definitely not something that you see a lot in Canada. And so do you find that it's being received well in Canada because it, it's just not, not as popular here? I mean, I think so. I feel like there are, there are more and more, I think, um, like literary magazines and stuff doing flash fiction you know like there's there's a couple of flash fiction contests out there and I feel like there are magazines like there's one in I think it's in Victoria now but Auntie Lang they sort of focus on very short pieces which is cool mm -hmm. so I think yeah. it is sort of maybe gaining popularity here cool. <laughs> no that's good it's good I I really like it because and, and, and for me I like it because of the short attention span point of view like I have the attention span yeah. <laughs> of a golden retriever, something shiny. And I'm like, oh, let's go hang out and let's go figure out what that is, right? And um, and it definitely happens with books. And, and this year alone, you know, trying being stuck at home a lot and not having your, your circle of family and friends around, you kind of turn to entertainment like books and TV and movies and different types of art and crafts and if it doesn't capture your attention it's oh, on to the next one right so mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your your last year so you recently you you recently published tiny runes and we're going to get into that but um 2020 has been a really interesting year for for us all being stuck at home and being kind of on lockdown so what is your your last year kind of looked like as a business owner and as a writer um well i have honestly i've been trying to like i guess slow down a bit in general i i'm also taking a break from from applebeard at the moment um my partner was gonna try and get another anthology out this year but I'm not sure if it's gonna happen at this point <laughs> um yeah but yeah I've been trying to focus on I guess you know slowing down I've been learning how to well I, I mentioned I've been doing more like visual art stuff I draw I draw cats <laughs> um on my uh tablet and I I started learning how to do uh rug hooking which has been really fun <laughs> cool yeah. And are those two hobbies that you just plan on kind of practicing for yourself? Or are those two something or those two hobbies that you're planning on turning into businesses or some sort of stream of revenue or, or growing in some sort of way? I mean, 
Hopefully I'd like to, I think I like, I would really like, I like the idea of having enough time to be able to focus on it enough to make, you know, to maybe make it, you know, spend more time doing it. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I find it super interesting because when I think of visual arts and, and just when I think of visual arts in, in general, I think of, you know, drawing on a piece of paper or painting on a canvas. I, I don't, all the stuff that you can do on a tablet and on a computer is so mind boggling. So what had, what attracted you to that in the first place? Yeah. Um, yeah, it is, it is so cool. The stuff that you can do. Um, I have a friend who is a visual artist who sort of is my biggest inspiration for the digital drawings. Her name is Zoe Fortier. I think her, she has like an Instagram, her illustration name is Zoe Zenon. Um, okay. But um, she does these digital illustrations where she, uh, I think she uses like social media, stuff from social media, and then she has it on her tablet and she sort of takes out parts of it and it gets part, you know, tracing bits and part like, you know, choosing colors and choosing pieces of images that you want to, you know, focus on. And I don't know, she just does really cool things. And I was really inspired and I wanted to try it. So I started uh, doing it too with cat pictures that I took and it's been really fun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I totally get that. I, I, I totally get that. Um, another lifetime ago, like, <laughs> over 10 years ago now, so I'm somewhat aging myself, but over 10 years ago now, I owned a business doing temporary airbrush tattoos. So I would set up at a festival and take a stencil and spray paint it on people's bodies. Mm -hmm. And and that wasn't the fun part. <laughs> the fun part was actually taking the different colors that I had and shading them one over top of each other and kind of taking this really gross, ugly plastic stencil and you know a blank canvas being somebody's body part and creating something that when I pulled the stencil off it was like this shock and awe for my customer and it was amazing to see their face it was amazing to see my face on some of those like wow I didn't know I could do that and so the color combination and like the artistry of that and the end product was definitely my favorite so you said that there's two aspects it's kind of partially tracing what you have and then taking the different colors and mixing them. So what to you, what is your favorite part of, of the digital art creation piece? That's a good question. I really love being able to like, you know, like I've been also drawing some like other people's cats lately instead of just, I was mostly drawing like stray cat pictures that I had. Um, but I've been drawing other people's cats and I really love like capturing their silly expressions you know, and like being able to see like their personality come out like in the drawing. And it's it's kind of sometimes, you know, a little bit different or a little bit more exaggerated or or something, you know, in a, the drawing version. So I really enjoy yeah. that. <laughs> that part. That's awesome. All I have in my head are those like <laughs> cat cartoons from like the like 80s and 90s. I'm like Tom and Jerry. It's just like the very <laughs> over animated expression and then take an actual cat picture and then mush it together and then <laughs> there you go you have nicole's creation <laughs> so now i am a lover of animals i have a dog always had a dog in my life so what is it about cats is it just something that you're attached to and is mm -hmm. you know other objects you're going to you know you're going to dabble in 
I don't know. That is a good question. I feel, I don't know. I feel like I was avoiding, you know, embracing the fact that I was a cat person for a long time, but I think <laughs> I'm just a cat person. <laughs> I don't know. I love dogs too, but I don't know. I feel like I can identify with cats a lot. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I, and I, I'm the same way, but with dogs, I'm like, I can identify with the dog. Like in a previous life, my future lives, I'm definitely one of those spoiled lap dogs. And I'm like, I'm okay with it. <laughs> okay. So now let's turn to tiny ruins. So what is tiny ruins about and why is it an important story to tell? Well, um, Tiny Ruins is about a girl and her sister, I guess the main character's name is Alana, and she, um, it's a coming of age and coming out story, I guess is how okay. it's uh, being described, and um, yeah, it starts out when they're really, really quite young, and it sort of goes through, you know, their childhood and teenage years and into university. Um, and Alana realizes somewhere along the line that she uh, is attracted to girls and boys and she tries to tell her sister and it sort of doesn't go over super well and yeah, sort of what happens after that. <laughs> That's interesting. Now, I, and the reason why I ask this is because I love writing about certain things that I've experienced where Jenna, on the other hand, Again, I'm, I'm missing her like crazy today. Um, she's a writer of this fantasy and she makes up these elaborate stories. And I'm like, I think that's just a, an art that I don't possess. I like, I like writing about things that I personally experience. So what, what told you to write this story? Was it personal experience? Was it some, or, or was it just this story that you had? In, like, where, where did it come from for you? Um... I guess it's sort of, uh, I don't know. I mean, well, like I mentioned before, it started as my thesis and I really yeah. didn't know where it was going at that point. It was just, I had basically like, this is a bunch of stories about two sisters and that was all I really had. Um, and then, I mean, there are definitely pieces that are, you know, versions of things that I've experienced in my own life for sure. Um, but the story itself, I think, you know, I started at some point, like two, you know, two years after I finished the, the program that I wrote the first version in, um, where I started writing a third character and I was like, I'm gonna add this third character and then there's gonna be this other storyline and whatever. And then I, and then I went to a writing retreat um, last summer, the summer of 2019 at Sage Hill in, uh, in Munster, Saskatchewan. And it was really amazing. And I feel like there I realized, um, that the story was actually just about Alana, the main, who's the main character now. Um, and it was following her story. So yeah, that's sort of how it happened, <laughs> I guess. Do you find yourself that, or do you find that Alana is a lot like you or a lot like somebody that you know in certain um, ways? I, yeah, I think definitely like in some ways, I feel like She's definitely different than me too in a lot of ways. I when I first wrote the story, I feel like, or when I first started writing the book, I I felt like I identified more with her sister Janie. Um, okay. But then, yeah, I don't know. It's weird, you know, blends of <laughs> bits of personalities. It, I guess I don't know. 
it's funny how that happens. It's funny that how that happens. I remember somebody asking me along the lines of that. They were like, so does your main character remind me of you? And I said, yeah, like for the most part, but then like it evolves and it changes. And for, for someone like you who started this in a program and then went and took time and then went to a writing retreat where everything kind of bubbles and percolates and changes and evolves so much because you're in this creative vortex and doing nothing but writing and talking about it. And then how it actually manifests after into the actual book is just, is something so different. So I, 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 it's cool to hear that she's a lot like you, but a lot different and that you, you know, that you've identified with multiple characters in the books. And I think that's cool because if you're able to identify and relate to multiple characters in the books, I think that op gives our, your readers an opportunity to identify and relate to the characters in your books. So, I mean, obviously coming of age stories are super popular going into the time that we are in right now. Coming out stories are also equally as popular into, you know, just removing the stigma of it. And so how did you find writing about a coming out story and, was it was it received positively? And and again, where where were you sitting mentally when you were writing this coming out story? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a really good question. I I mean, the feedback I've gotten so far has been pretty positive, but I don't know. Uh, um, I feel like it's a, it's an interesting one because I I had a hard time deciding too while I was writing it, like if. Alana would ever actually come out or if it was going to be like you know something that didn't really happen or only sort of happened and it kind of, I mean well I guess you have to read the book to find out but it, it kind of I mean it is something that she struggles with I think throughout the whole book like it's not really it's sort of underneath a lot of thing a lot of a lot of it I guess right, um, right. yeah it, and, and I think that's true, and that's a true testament on how, you know, some certain people experience their, their own coming out stories is that they struggle with it and it kind of underlays. It's, it's, un, it's, it's with every word that they speak and every action that they speak, but they actually don't ever really feel like they can or have the opportunity to say it out loud. And, and the last thing you want is your sister or your sibling to not react or to react the opposite way that you want them to or your family to, to do that. And I think that is important to, to write about things like this, to remove that, that stigma and that stress and just to be who you're going to be and love who you are because you are enough and you're perfect and your family will eventually come around. And if they don't, then there's... Seven billion people on this earth that you can find <laughs> families and connection with, right? <laughs> so I have one last question for you, and, and it's a curious one. So do you have common themes that run through your writing? You're, you're writing in you know, a bunch of different ways now and, and you know, new genres and, and new mediums and platforms. Do you find that there's common themes along uh, throughout them all? Um, the, I was told that there's a lot, a lot of poop stories in this book. <laughs> so I, I laughed like a five-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> I 
love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I guess that, and also, I don't know, I think there's a lot of, like, maybe, like, anxiety, like, social anxiety kind of themes throughout that happens a lot. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, probably, I guess that. Well, I mean, we all have moments of social anxiety. And I mean, who also doesn't love a good bowel movement at the end of the day, the beginning of the day, the middle of the day, pretty any, any time during the day. <laughs> and I think everybody enjoys a good poop story every now and then. So that's pretty awesome that you can take those two tidbits and, um, and wrap it up. So, um, which made my day. Cause now I'm like, Oh man, I want to pick it up and read about bowel movements and, and to see how it's all connected in a coming of age and coming out story. Um, this is, it's, it's, it's a great, it just, it makes it very much exciting and again, relatable. Um, <laughs> So can you please let our watchers and listeners know where they can find you and your work? Yeah, um, I recently made a website, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you can find it at NicoleHeldupis.ca. Uh, um, I also have, uh, you know, like Instagram and Twitter and that stuff. Um, if you want to see kitty drawings, I have an Instagram dedicated to them. It is called Morning Kitties. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. Something that you can sip your coffee or tea with in the morning and just bask in their glory and expressions. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> beautiful. Well, thank you, Nicole. I really appreciate you coming out and joining me with this episode. It was an absolute blast to hear about all of your projects, your businesses, Tiny Ruins, and this story and the importance behind it. And obviously, bowel movements are oh, so great. Um, and a Final thank you goes out to our sponsors. So Mickey Mickelson with Creative Edge and Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. And last but not least, thank you to all of our listeners and watchers. We couldn't have this show without you. So thank you. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the Quillening Podcast with your hosts, Jenna Green and Miranda O. Oh. Support for this podcast is brought to you by Creative Edge Publicity. Copyright belongs to the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. You can listen to our podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash authors on the air. Music.